This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, what a night. Julius Randle's back. R.J. Barrett's shot is back. And Gordon Damer, back. Here we go. That's the number to join this edition of ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN, along with another person who's back, Jake the Snake and JP. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN New York. Also, remember, hit us up on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, is that you? Larry, I am back. I have returned like the prodigal son. I have returned. How are you, my friend? Happy you, New Year. You mean it's not 542 in the morning? <laughs> it might be. It kind of feels that kind of feels that way. The eyes were getting heavy during the second quarter tonight, Larry. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm sure they were. I'm yeah. sure they were. And and uh, from what I heard, you did a, you you saved some shots. Uh, you made DPA to a prop. <laughs> well, make us some know, shots, make us some saves. Yeah, you know, you need to do that every once in a while. But it's good to be back where I belong with you at night after a nice Nick win tonight, nice Nick performance, and just what we needed. You know, it didn't look great at times. No, it felt it felt a little too close for comfort at times, and maybe uh-huh. that's just a little Nick's PTSD from some of these other performances. But um, good to see both Randall and Barrett both. It doesn't feel like that's happened a lot this year, where both guys have played well at the same time. They did tonight, and they got a much-needed win. Can I be honest? It doesn't seem like it happened at all. It seems like <laughs> this is the only time it's ever happened. That's what yeah. it seems like. They they never seem to play. You never get two guys of the of their, quote, big three. You never get these guys playing well at the same time. You never get Randall and... And Fournier playing well. You don't get Fournier playing well at all. But I'm saying you don't get Randall and Fournier playing at the same time well. You don't get RJ and Randall playing well. It's just none of the none of the mixtures that you get. They just haven't played well. So tonight it was good, and it was needed. Yeah, you could not lose that. You could not lose another game to the Pacers, and uh, a game where it's the it's almost like when Prince was the the artist formerly known as Prince. This is the uh, the Pacers formerly known, not really known as the Pacers. I mean, there were guys out there, you know, that I'd never really heard of before. Between the kid uh, Washington Sykes, oh. uh, you know, they, they, how many guys do they have in the COVID protocol? Seven, eight. eight. <laughs> Lance Stevenson was was out there. I'm saying, Vintage. what year is this? Where am I? <laughs> But, um, hey, look, you get a win. You needed to have a win. You can't lose another game to the Pacers, and uh, they got the job done at least tonight. You know, and this is – to me, this is what it's about for the Knicks right now. They're not Mm -hmm. a good team right now. There's a lot of better teams than them in the Eastern Conference, but you're kind of hoping that those teams that started out hot will start to cool off, and at some point, if you can find some level of stability where you can start to count on something, anything in terms of the players on the court – Maybe at some point they might be able to turn this around some. Yeah, you talked about Sykes and Washington. Gordon, they combined for 39 points. I'm thinking to myself, who are these guys? These guys, it's like the Knicks can find a way to make people you've never heard of before look like superstars. So I hate to do this to you, but it's okay because they're locked out anyway. It's it's hearing you during the baseball season talk about how the Yankees make young pitchers who you never heard oh, of look, look like Cy Young. Same effect, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same thing here. These guys came in averaging four and five points respectively in their games. Four You'd and five never points. Know it. 
You never and they know came it. out. They were confident. They're like, "Oh, we can take these guys." And it's just, it's, 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 it's crazy. The one thing that I will give the Knicks credit for was they decided to actually play defense in the fourth quarter, where they went through. I think it was a six, seven minute stretch where the Pacers only had five points, no field goals. And and let's be honest, if Sabonis hits half of his free throws, this is a different game. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, it's a win, and you'll take it, and it, there was a little bit of an opening up there at the end so you could breathe a little bit easier. But, yeah, I mean, if Sabonis hits his shots or if the Pacers have their full team, yeah, right? they don't I mean, win this game. You probably <laughs> – I don't want to say it, out. but – yeah, I mean, you might not win this game. No. So, but look, the Knicks have had to deal with it. Everybody's dealing with it. Yep. It's it's almost kind of farcical at this point, you know, it like is. to be criticizing teams when it's just about what you can throw on the court to just kind of keep it going at this point. But you know, you need a win. You got to win. Got to get back to five hundred. They're two games now below, so uh, you'll take it. And they got back to back with the Celtics uh, Thursday here, Saturday there. So you know they'll. This is going to be interesting to see how they play. And and can they build on something here, Gordon? See, that's the other thing. Are they able to build on this? You understand that everybody's going through it. There's a lot of teams. Atlanta is still behind the Knicks. That's crazy. So there's a lot of flux because of the COVID situation and what's going on in the league. But, you know, if you can, during this time period, if you can find a way to win these games, Gordon, it gives you some momentum. You start to feel better about yourself. And, and then who knows, maybe you go on this run that you can try to do beating these teams until you hopefully get close to getting Derrick Rose back. I mean, close to getting him back. I mean, we're not yeah. we're, we're a long way away, but close to getting him back. Yeah, let's so our, our our kind of figures. I mean, there's just so much even before the COVID stuff. It's it felt like the entire team was was kind of in flux, right? Yeah. Like R.J. Barrett starts out well this season, then all of a sudden he plays terribly. Then he's on the COVID list. Then he can't, you know, then he he can't find a shot. Barrett has not been this nearly the same player that he was last year. You lose Derrick Rose. This guy's into the lineup. That guy's out of the lineup. Uh-huh. I mean, there's just so much going on, and uh, they have not really been able to find any level of consistency from their superstars. And if you're not getting any consistency from Barrett and, and, and Randall, I mean, who are you going to be getting? I mean, those are the guys you got to count out. Those are the guys yeah. that are your, your, your star players. And um, hopefully maybe this is a sign of something where we'll look back in this win and say, you know what, that's where it started to click for the Knicks because they need, they need guys to step up. And, and if anybody's going to step up, it's got to be Randall. It's got to be Barrett. It does. And the one thing you liked about Randall tonight was he didn't he put up seven threes, but he didn't live out there. He was better with the mid range game. Uh he he was he was he looked more of the Randall from last year tonight. Sixteen rebounds, four assists, a couple of turnovers. He still has the ball too much for me, but oh, listen, I'm nitpicking. Uh listen, a plus twelve for him is great. That I I'll take that every night. And as we mentioned, RJ Barrett Aggressive, Gordon, going to the basket, not not relying on the three, putting his head down, going and Gordon, he used the right hand. Yes, I he saw did. the right hand a couple of times tonight. Yeah, uh, look, it, it was a good win all around. You're saying about you don't want to nitpick. If I could nitpick about one thing, mm-hmm. if I could, if I could offer any advice, I think is the Knicks have uh, Squarespace. That's the advertiser on their jersey, right? I'm pretty yes. sure. Mm-hmm. Squarespace should petition the league to get their little ad to be placed on the back of Evan Fournier's jersey because far more people would see it that way than on the front. 
I mean, the amount of times you see guys just blowing past him, and he's just running. You just see the back of his jersey. Yeah. It was, I mean, he was brutal tonight, and he has had a brutal season so far. Um, it, it doesn't get much worse than this one. I, I think he scored zero points. Yeah. And, Four and shots. Giving, yeah, and he was giving it up every time somebody went right by him. So, uh, rough night there. They're going to have to figure that out. Hopefully, they get Kemba back here at some mm-hmm. point. doesn't seem like the knee thing is anything structurally, so that's yep. good. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you got to start. I mean, we're getting to the halfway point of the season. It start, it's time yeah. to start putting something together, guys. Absolutely. And start to put something together at home. Because, really, they haven't played badly away. Their problems have been at oh, home. Absolutely. And, you know, now they're 8-11 and 11 at home. You need to get some wins here. And you've got a lot of games at home, so you have to take advantage of this time. And, you know, hopefully they will. They'll get – with them being home, you get a chance to practice a little bit. You get a chance to even have a couple of shoot-arounds before the game. So this hopefully – Thibodeau will be able to figure some things out and get this team back on the right track. But the best thing would be for, you know, guys to get back healthy again, A. And obviously if Randall can – if this is a game that can get him on a roll right now, that would be huge. It would be. I mean, that if you were to list the things that you need that are different from this year and last year, right? Like if you want to, to replay last year and, and try to get back into the conversation of playoffs or play-in or whatever, the number one thing you got to have is, is Julius Randle playing more like he did last year than he did in year one. And unfortunately, so far this year, he's looked a lot more like year one Randle than year two Randle. Yeah. He has. He has. And, and to your point, uh, if somebody was saying, gee, I wonder how you spell Yvonne Fournier's last name. You'll see. You would know. You'll, you'll see. You probably <laughs> you can spell know. it backwards as much as he's yeah. been beat. Yeah. yeah. It's it's sad. It's sad. And and unfortunately, and you know what? Here's the thing. There are times when you can see he's really trying, which is so sad. Right. You can see oh, that no. he's, yeah. really, he's really trying. But somebody gets a first step, and he is immediately Gone. <laughs> Gone. on their heels. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. And there's Mitchell Robinson. Here comes somebody else here. I got a, a shot I got to try to block. <laughs> right. Here's another guy that he's left through here. He's killing me here. So, uh, look, nice win for the Knicks tonight. Hopefully they will uh, go on a little roll here. 1-800-919-3776. And guess what? The Pacers get the Nets tomorrow night in a back-to-back with Kyrie Irving. Gordon making his uh, 21-22 NBA debut. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where he's at. You know, he's been ramping up here for a little while. I expect, you know, with Kyrie, when he plays, um, there's not really any question about what he plays, right? I mean, he's he's a great individual talent. All the questions with uh, Kyrie are are things that happen off the court or away from the game. And and so, um, yeah, I'm sure when he gets out there, I don't know how often he's going to be able to play. But whenever he's available, I'm sure he'll be great. But boy, that's a very weird, the very weird situation where you're going to have a, a star player, maybe one of the top 15 players in the NBA, and he's going to mm-hmm. play 50 occasionally. Of the games. Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> okay. right? Occasionally. And how do you and how do you set your rotation up like I that? I have right? no idea. Like, how do you do that? Okay, he's playing tonight, but they're they're back in New York. Oh well, he's not going to play this game. So he's going to be playing. He's not going to play that game. I mean, it, it's crazy, but. To be fair, they kind of need him right now, Gordon. They're, they're oh, going yeah. through a little struggle. Yeah. Um, well, that, he, I, it's clear when the COVID stuff really blew up, that's when the Nets back down. And, yeah. and they realize, no, we're not, we can't play Durant as many minutes as, as, as we've been playing him. We need somebody. We're paying Kyrie Irving. Well, you know what? 
40% of Kyrie Irving or 50% of Kyrie Irving is better than no percent of Kyrie Irving. So that's, that's why sure. they back down. So Yeah, that's for sure. So I'm going to take your basketball calls. Plus, Gordon, you made me set my alarm to hear what you had to say about the Giants head coach. Oh, my God, that guy. You made me set my alarm. Now, this is no disrespect to Rothenberg and DiPietro, but – you know, when it's your guy and you normally have your guy and you don't have your guy and we haven't talked and it's the new year and everything, I really wanted to hear your take. And you along with Rex was pretty funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I never talked to Rex ever before, um, but, uh, you know, I just handed it off and he went running with it. You know, it, it's um, it, he's right now. Joe Judge is the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, he is. He is. I can't wait to hear what he's going to say tomorrow. <laughs> he's going to spur somebody else up. <laughs> or how long he's going to say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and as I, I said it last night, Gordon, which is really weird, because for him to be a Belichick disciple, right, for him to be a part of that Belichick tree, Belichick would never do anything like that. He would never go on the 11-minute rant to, to try to convince you that he knows what he's doing. Okay, and I get it. Yeah, maybe he's talking to his players because I heard some folks, some 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 commentators talk about, you know, he's really talking to the players. No, 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 no. He he's talking to the players. He's talking to the fans. He's talking to Mr. Mara and Mr. Tish. <laughs> That's who he's talking to. He's trying to make sure that everything is okay. But I'm just saying, Gordon, if you're going to bring in a new GM with the way this team has finished, and I get it. I mean, Mike Glennon is not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I understand. But just, they just don't seem prepared. They, they look like they don't know what they're doing. And that's coaching. I'm sorry. That, that comes from the coaching. Yeah, the fumbles and stuff, that's on Glennon. I get that. But Gordon, they weren't playing great before before Daniel no. Jones got hurt. No. And uh, they're going to use that as an excuse. And, and keep in mind, you know, somebody else pointed out, I don't remember who was the first one to point it out, Mike Glennon. They signed Mike Glennon as soon as free agency started. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, you know what, Colt McCoy did so well, he's going to get a two-year contract someplace else, and we don't want to give a two-year contract to a backup quarterback, so let's go get Mike Glennon. No, they essentially, Colt McCoy got essentially the same contract with Arizona that Mike Glennon got with the Giants. The Giants thought that Mike Glennon was an upgrade, even though Colt McCoy was the quarterback who got the Giants their biggest win a season ago against Seattle. That's right. So, uh, yeah, it's just, another, it's just another example of the mess that the New York Giants are in. And keep in mind, another thing, mm-hmm. you know, because people will say, well, you know, that's just a bad job by Gettleman. What was everybody saying around draft time, around free agency time? Joe Judge is now having a greater hand mm-hmm. in the personnel moves being made by the team. Yep. Well, funny how he didn't have any hand in that personnel move. So <laughs> at this point, you can't ju- you can't even watch the Giants. They're no. unwatchable, unwatchable, and uh, they're not a professional NFL team right now. I mean, if you can't throw the ball <laughs> for for ten yards. <laughs> You know, you're not a professional football team, and and they knew that on Sunday. They knew that they had no chance. That was as close as you could get to a forfeit of a game Mm -hmm. as the Giants had on Sunday. So it's mind-boggling to me that as bad as they are during games, as embarrassing as the coach now is, 
after games that this is a guy that they're going to bring back, it's given the road given the road that they have ahead of them. I know. It's crazy. It is. It is. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. And 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer. At ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Here till midnight. Freddie and Fitz will continue the conversation on 98.7. This hour we'll continue to talk about Joe Judge. Take your nick and neck calls. And also, uh, Gordon, I got to get your thoughts about the Jets on Sunday. I mean, this was... <laughs> This was probably the closest to a full game that we saw Zach Wilson play well. Uh, third quarter with some had little issues because of field, you know, position and whatnot. So you know they got backed up a couple of times, and you know uh, they made some Tampa made some defensive adjustments and pinned them back and had a couple of three and outs. But I got to tell you that fourth quarter drive that ended with the fourth and two where he you know, did, ran the wrong play. Uh, that was a very impressive drive in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, this is, if you're a Jet fan, you have to feel pretty good about him because of the caliber of of defense and that he played against to put a, a, to put a really good, um, you know, um, to put a really good game together. Yeah, well, I, I think that this was by far his best overall performance, right? Like, there was no... Uh, there were no real lulls where he looked overwhelmed in the game. Uh, even when he struggled, I mean, yeah, it's it's professional football. He's a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback. He's playing behind, you know, a, a, a makeshift offensive line. He's, he's yep. doing it with weapons that aren't the top-flight weapons, even for the Jets, never mind top-flight weapons in the NFL. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I thought that, that Sunday's game was, was, a, was very impressive, considering where he has been. His accuracy, his decision-making, getting out of the pocket, throwing the ball away when he had to throw the ball mm-hmm. away, not looking overwhelmed. That was the kind of performance that you signed up this season for. Yep. You know, lose the game, mm-hmm. but you get some excitement and you get some hope for the future. So I thought it was very impressive. It's it's only one game. Yep. Um, I'm not saying that he is he's, he's for sure going to be this or he's for sure going to be that, but after the season that he has had – that's the kind of performance you wanted to see. Especially against that type of opponent. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, I felt like people were getting too carried away a week ago when they played Jacksonville, and, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, he ran for a bunch of yards. You know, like, to me, you're playing one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, I mean, you were able to – that's not the game plan that you're going to – you know, it's, it's, it's tough to uh, envision that kind of scenario working on other teams. So – uh, I thought his ball placement on Sunday was excellent. It was. He had a couple of pa- passes that were put in the absolute perfect spot. And you can envision, you know, watching him on Sunday, you can envision him going into next year now and, and what it would look like for Zach Wilson to play at a high level in an NFL game. So, And uh, keep in mind, doing it with, you know, was it Kenny Yanoba and, yeah. and, you know, some of the guys he's throwing to, yeah. not exactly household names. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. There's a couple of drops. His, his, his stats really could have been better. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I mean, at this point, that's what you're looking for. Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, that's not going to wash away all no. the stuff that's happened earlier this year. And I, I think it's still legitimate to have concerns because I, I don't know how talented they're going to be next year either. You're going to be yeah. more talented, but um, it, it could be worse. It, you, you could be Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, he has not shown any. There have no. been no signs of life there. That has mm. been a flat line. That's crazy. 
I would have expected him to do at least something. I mean, even in the game, they, they surprised the Bills. It wasn't like they no. 20, he put 22 or 23 points on the board. No, no, he did not. And, you know, there's a natural thing for, as it seemed like, as despised as Urban Meyer was. Mm-hmm. When he leaves, you think, all right, now everybody's going to rally together and they're going to they're gonna have a coming yeah. out party at some point. There's not been any coming out party. And that situation down there where it seems like they're keeping the GM – they are organ- fans are organizing what is called as a clown out. They are going to go as the final game as clowns because that's what the organization has been giving them. So, yeah, that does not. I mean, from a year ago where they, they you know, they get the number one pick, can't miss Trevor Lawrence. Boy, yeah. that looks like a bad situation. So at least for Zach Wilson, you're you're starting to see some signs of life. You are, and you know what's crazy, Gordon? The defense didn't play really bad. They, yeah. they, they play the bend but don't break. I mean, look, they gave up mm-hmm. almost 500 yards. But yeah. you expected that again with Brady and Gronk of course. And, uh, until Antonio Brown decided to leave. Yeah, uh, what, a, you know, what a weird scene. You know, you, you expected that. So, And really, in on that last drive, Gordon, they played well early in the drive. They kept things in front of them and, and tackled right away and did what they were supposed to do. It's it's that and – it, and it's always with – look, it's Tom Brady, right? So we understand – but, it, but when you look at the Jet defense, that's been their story all year, right? One of the plays earlier in the game, it's third and 20 after a penalty, and they get 21, and they come down and score. And in this on that final drive, they do simi- a similar situation. They're keeping everybody in front, everybody in front, and somebody takes the wrong angle, and now they're over the top two plays later, game is over. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, to me, I thought that that was actually a good day for the Jets. You got a good performance from the quarterback. You stay in the same draft spot. You don't allow the Giants to move in front of you. Uh, You don't want to hear about somebody that they picked uh, one pick in front. I mean, Nick fans know all about losing out on the guy by one draft spot. So uh, I thought it was a perfect afternoon. And, you know, overall, I thought the team overall played well. Like they had, you know, I, I know the offensive line is all banged up and they lose fan and they, you know, they're, they're slapping it together, but I thought they played they pretty well. They you know, in. they hung in there. The running game did, it, you know, was, was giving you something. Some guys were making some plays. So, uh, yeah, all around a nice effort. And now go to Buffalo and don't lose by 50. Yeah, exactly. Just be competitive. Right. That's all you need to do. Be competitive because uh, Buffalo kind of needs this game. <laughs> Buffalo, every one of Buffalo's wins, they have won by double digits. Mm-hmm. So you, you would assume that the Jets are not going to go to Buffalo and win. So is that double digits 10 points? Is it 20 points? Mm-hmm. 40 points? You know, let, 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 let's keep it on the on the lower end of the double yes. digits. Yes. And, of course, we say they need – listen, that's the only reason why the game is at 425. It's because Buffalo needs this game yeah. to clinch for an AFC Eastern Division title with a win, of course, or a New England loss or a Buffalo tie and a New England tie. But Buffalo will, will clinch the AFC East. And, you know, it's funny. We kind of thought that – when you think about it, Gordon, we kind of thought they would have clinched this like a couple of weeks ago. But they've had some interesting – you know, they've, they've had the – They've had a tough way this past – December has not been kind to Buffalo. No, they have had a very weird season, right? The loss to the Jags, the way they just got manhandled in that first performance against the um, the Patriots. You know, they won that game against the Chiefs in like week five or week six, and they were celebrating. It seemed like that kind of kind of got to their head a little bit. And Josh mm-hmm. Allen's not had the season that they thought he was going to have. It's been a yeah. very weird year. But you know what? The way they are built, they can beat anyone. There's yes. not a single team in the and the AFC playoffs that they can't beat, uh, and it would not shock me at all if the Buffalo Bills went to the Super Bowl. But you know, when you have losses like they have against the Jaguars, 
you know, it's not it's not a foregone conclusion. If you if you can't uh, wrap up home field for that opening round playoff game, you might you might be one and done. You might be. You might be. And th- and that's going to say something about that team. That's going to say something about that team. Yeah. Gordon, this team was poised to be this team was poised to almost run away with the division. I mean, because you that's didn't know what, what you were going to you didn't know what Mac Jones was going to be able to do in New England. You weren't sure about that. Uh, you knew Miami. You thought that Miami was going to be in the running because of how they played last year. You knew that they were going to be there. And the Jets, you you know, they you, they got a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, rookie signal caller uh, as far as the offensive coordinator. So you knew they weren't in, in the running. So you expected, you know, Buffalo to just take that next step and just dominate. And listen, they've struggled, but maybe that's a good thing for them, Gordon. You know, maybe that's what they need to do. And they'll get themselves together for the postseason when, you know, you, you can't afford to make those mistakes. Yeah, the AFC this year, I know right now the Titans are the number one seed. Maybe they mm-hmm. will be uh, the number one seed when the when the playoffs get underway, but it just feels like it's completely wide open. Yeah, it uh, is. It just feels like it's so wide open in the AFC especially. Like I really feel like any team, uh, you know, if the Raiders got in, I can't really envision them going to a Super Bowl. But you know what? Right. If the Chargers got in, I could see them getting on a run, getting hot with that mm-hmm. offense. Uh, it yep. would not shock me, really. Uh, the Chief, I would say probably the Chiefs are the t- the team to beat to me. Mm-hmm. But it seems like anybody can can kind of beat anybody this year. Uh, kind of feel bad for Steeler fans because you 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 still have a shot, Gordon. But uh, you don't yeah, see enough. <laughs> I don't feel bad for them. Hey, hey Gordon, you they see you... Super Bowls, <laughs> Hall of Fame players, Larry. To hell with the Steeler fans. <laughs> you. You don't see um, you don't see Jacksonville beating Indiana, huh? I don't know. <laughs> I think if that coming out party post Urban Meyer was going to happen, it would have happened by now. <laughs> I agree with you. I I, I think uh, I think they'll be uh, watching football home like we are. <laughs> I you know what though? I will say this. Mm-hmm. Weird things happen in the final week of the season. It's Weird true. things happen every single week, but especially in the final week of the season. So who knows? It's been a weird year. Especially a week 18. Right. <laughs> Which First ever, sure. Especially a week 18. Lee's in Brooklyn. Lee starts us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Lee? Nah, when I saw him at the game last night, I'm like, oh, this dude. At first- I'm sorry about that. How you guys doing tonight? Enjoying the show much. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, the situation with Pittsburgh, you know, you said you feel bad about them. Um, going to the um, Ben Roethlisberger, I think you were saying. And, um, yeah, I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan growing up. So, basically, yes, it was basically see Terry Bradshaw, basically go through Neil O'Donnell, Jimmy, uh, Bobby Brister, and different players like that. Um, yeah, so basically, yes, it's, it's, it's pretty sad for us uh, for Steelers fans. Um, also, to the Knicks, they were able to win tonight, be able mm-hmm. to uh, – pull off a victory in the sense that, you know, they sat back, everybody played. I know we're talking about Barrett doing good and stuff like that, but um, I think the whole team basically does good. But also, too, we have Kevin Durant um, in Brooklyn. We have um, uh, 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 James Harden, and we have Kyrie Irving. We have three superstars. So, basically, I'm just really enjoying the season and being able to see these players – be able to grow and develop and uh, see what happens next year. 
But um, I have no qualms about it, no play, no picking on nobody. Nobody stinks. Nobody can't play. Nobody. Everybody can basically be put into a place where they can grow and develop. And also teams can get players that they get that basically from the Knicks that they can basically make their teams better. But um, sometimes this chemistry of a certain team makeup, it just don't work. Uh, yeah. Thanks for your time, guys. All right, Lee. Thanks for the phone call. I'm glad you're enjoying the Knicks. I would, I would enjoy them better with some more wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm weird that way. I like, I like to watch them win. You know. And, and I understand what you're saying. You know that that you're that you got some young kids and the young kids are starting to get some playing time and that you're enjoying that. But for me, listen, I, I'm I'm frustrated. It's funny because the team is just one game off where they were last year this time, but. That's great for last year this time. Yeah. We expect more this year. We're not right. we're not looking at last year's last year's situation and this was around the time, remember Gordon that they picked up Derrick Rose. Well, maybe that'll be the same thing. Maybe maybe they'll go on the roll when Derrick Rose comes back and they pick him up again this year off the off the injured list. Yeah, I mean, they might need to make a little deal here or something, but you know, uh-huh. it's just such a weird year where there's never felt like you you know what you're going to get, and you said about you know they're only one game off from where they were last year. It's becoming more and more obvious. Last year was an outlier. Yes. it was a great, it was a magical season, especially uh-huh. with Randall and all the accolades that he got. But that's that's not really repeatable, and it has not been repeatable so far. So now the question becomes: if if things aren't going to start to snap together here fairly soon, what's the plan? Yeah, <laughs> what's the plan, guys? Yeah, well, the plan is going to be maybe you're, depending on what on, on how bad it gets, Gordon. Maybe the plan is okay to trade deadline. Let's look at some expiring contracts. What we got? Let's ship some people out, and let's make the next move to try to you know move on and, and see what we have. Or it's going to be let's play the kids. Let's continue to play the kids. Let's build them up. Maybe we can see what we have with them. Either they'll be a part of our team, or they, we could package them in deals to make some improvements for next year. But the big question for this team is. What are they going to do with Evan Fournier? Because right now, that is a huge bust as far as a free agent signing. That's a huge bust right now. I don't know what you do with him. I don't know what you do with him. Yeah, and it might sound a little premature. Oh, trade deadline is February 10th. Yeah, I know. So it's like a little more than a month away. So they got, they got some decisions to make. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He goes up there and he channels his inner Bill Belichick, but he doesn't have the wins on his resume in order to be able to take that kind of tone and to use that type of tact when talking to the media and by default being able to address his team. So I think that that's one of those things that you have to be concerned with if your owner, John Mara, if you're Steve Tisch, is with the message that Joe Judge is trying to convey to that locker room growing stale because the biggest thing that players want in the National Football League is for their coach to be able to give them answers, to be able to give them a path to the victory every single week and with the mm-hmm. fifth straight loss that the Giants suffered on Sunday in embarrassing fashion in Chicago I gotta believe that a lot of guys in that locker room have some serious doubts as to whether or not Joe Judge can put them in the right positions in order to win football games you know that voice it's Chris Canty who along with Mike Golick Jr. host on the network from 3 to 7 you're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN Hardestine Damon till midnight and Gordon is so interesting and we'll get to the calls in a second everybody has had the same tone about Joe Judge. Fake, tough guy. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson said it this morning. Uh, you know, Dan Olowski got a his own personal name for Joe Judge. Everybody has seen through this, Gordon. So 
if analysts and former players see through it, clearly the players on this team see through it. Yeah, there's nothing you there's no worse reputation you can have than a phony, right? I mean, it's it's hard to come back from being a phony. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just it's it's just mind boggling. The whole situation is mind boggling to me. That here's a guy who who learned you know the thing that you had coming in. Well, he 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 learned from Saban. He learned from Belichick, and here's a guy who on a weekly basis seems to be kind of spiraling out of control trying to prove himself and, and prove that he's, he's got things on the right track when there is no, no signs of anything improving. You know, I had stats here. Um, uh, CBS on uh, the NFL and CBS tweeted uh-huh. out, since Joe Judge has taken over the Giants offensively, points per game, last in the NFL. Yards per game, last in the NFL. Yards per play, last in the NFL. Red zone efficiency, last in the NFL. Like, he wants you to believe that there's all these amazing things happening behind the scenes, and yet his record is one game better than Pat Shermer's record. (laughs) So if Pat Shermer had the worst team culture that you could possibly imagine, and Joe Judge has cleaned up that team culture, and yet he's only one game better, maybe the team culture is really not that important. You're right. Right? Like, how important can it be? Yeah. Or, or, or if, you're, if, if, if at the end of the day you're not winning any more games and it, you're just running in place, well, then you're focusing on the wrong things. How about focusing on improving the team? Because that has not happened in two years. And here's the crazy thing about this, Gordon, is that the bottom line is this is very simply, this is a results business. And the results of what you see on the field. And you can tell me everything that's going on off the field. You can tell me everything. Oh, oh, we got this. We're doing this. This is better. That's better. This is better. I'm not seeing it on the field. And there are just so many. And I understand it. I get it. I know they've had injuries. I know they've been battling COVID. I get it. Everybody in the league has, Gordon. I mean, and, yeah, and, and I if, mean, if it's anything. It's football. Right? Exactly. It's football. Exactly. And if anything, look what the Jets were able to do to Tampa last week. I mean, how many guys right. did they have? At least they were competitive, Gordon. No, they didn't win. But they were competitive. They were in the game. They almost won the game. Yeah. I mean, you mean to tell me you couldn't have a better effort against the Chicago Bears? As Don said, whose coach is, knows he's going to get fired and is probably packing his office. There's probably nothing in his office left because he knows what's happening when he walks out there. The At the Giant, end of the game, he's done. The Giants have lost six games this year by, I think it's 20 points or more. I got to check the I, I, and I believe that 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 matches the total number of games like that that they had the previous five years than Joe Judge got here combined. Mm. So that just tells you that this team this team is nowhere close. And and you know what's crazy to me is look there are a lot of owners in the NFL that they might say they they care about winning or they, they, it, 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 it's kind of hard to believe when they're they're completely clueless. So much mm-hmm. of the time, clueless hirings, clueless moves. John Mara is a guy who grew up in this business. How can he be reading this situation so wrong? And and you might say, well, maybe he's not reading this. He's read so many situations wrong over the last decade. Yeah, it's, it's true. been not. It's been one wrong thing after another. So much so that you can't. It's almost like he should be doing the opposite of what he thinks is right. Exactly. Exactly. And I got to tell you. 
if you were on the fence about whether you're going to make a decision to keep or not to keep Judge, this press conference last week. We're still talking about it, Larry. We're still talking about it. We're talking about a 4-12 and 12 team that lost the Bears, and we're still talking about the press conference that the coach had. 11-minute rant. 11-minute rant. To me, that has to be a sign that he is, even though the reports are what the reports are, I don't know that he necessarily feels that he's all that safe. Like, why no. else would you be look? I mean, he looks ridiculous. He's become a punchline. Yeah. It's almost like, you know what? If I were them, I wouldn't keep me. <laughs> let me let me show them why they let me show them that I'm doing something. I'm I'm doing something. I'm really working. I really am. I I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm really working. I'm real trust me, I'm working. I'm working. There's no golf clubs in the club. There's no golf clubs in the locker room. Come walk, you'll see. No golf clubs. None, none, none. And the best one for me, Gordon, the best line was the free agents who left, they want to come back. Well, did you hear the update on that? I don't know if we we have it in the system somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the the yesterday he came out and he kind of rephrased it and said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to check into that." <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to check into that. We were playing that this morning on DPH or Rothenberg, yeah. and I was wondering. I was asking Rick, like, is that him saying to the league, "Oh no, there's no tampering going on," or is that him saying to the reporters, "Yeah, don't look to find out who those people are because they clearly don't exist." Here, let's. Um, Let's hear Joe Judge. We have it right here. Oh, we do. Okay. Yep, here it is. Look, there's a number of players that have been here through the years. I'm not going to go into individuals right now. I'm not going to try to open up that, you know, kind of chapter of, you know, guessing what it may be. But I just know that, you know, we have a strong culture. There's players from other teams that I know reach out to our players currently. have reached out to me as well through different avenues. Nothing that needs to be looked into or anything of that nature. But, look, I know it's a place that players want to play. Okay? I know it's a place that players want to play. It's a place a lot of players are going to want to play for a long time. So I'm going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, need, you don't need to look into that. No, no, because I mean, no, you know, don't please. check up on it, please. No, don't, don't, don't. Shh. I'm, I'm, it's a matter of speech. It's just a matter of speech. I'm just trying to say, you know, it's the, crazy. It is four and twelve. All, all the numbers you gave me, all the stats you gave about offensive ineptitude. But I want to come back. I want to come and play for this team. Right. Yeah. Sure you do. <sighs> sure you do. Because of the culture. Because, the, you know, the culture is the most important thing. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, he's sending all these messages to his team through these press conferences. That's what people are saying. When they were, when the players were asked, they didn't even see the rant. They didn't know anything. But they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, did, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't really pay. I mean, how much unless they, they tune in this guy out? You don't have this mm-hmm. long in the NFL to turn uh, to, to without any results and think guys are going to continue to buy in. Nope, you won't. There's no question about it. I'm very confident the way we're pushing forward right now. All right, there's things we have to improve on. Obviously, the most important thing in this league is winning, Paul. Okay, so we've got to do a better job putting ourselves in a position to finalize and finish out some games of winning. See, Gordon, that's the sound of a guy who knows, confident in what's happening with his football team. Joe Judge returns us on ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. He's almost entered like Adam Gase territory. No, he's there, right? I mean, he's there. It's it's that bad where we're he's talking there. about how he, what he says after games, and not just like the day after, days after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we only got one more to go. Yes, yes. Fortunately, yeah. <laughs> Mel's in Queens. Hey, Mel, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. What's going on, guys? Just join the show. I, I want to say something. Don't 
don't kill me because I'm not saying he's the savior or anything like that. But one thing I noticed about the Knicks this year, when Kemba Walker plays and he plays, like, a lot of minutes, the Knicks has been more consistent. For some reason, when they benched him, they went, like, 2-9. and nine, And since he's been hurt recently, they say, well, um, you know, they were, like, 0-2. But when he came back, you know, he got played a week when they won. And also I noticed for some reason that Fournier, he plays some of his best games when Kemba is playing really well. I still think that sometimes you, you make a bad trade and you pick up a guy and you got to just own it and don't be afraid to get rid of him. Like when that time when the Cavs traded players twice in the, in the same season. I think Fournier, you might have to trade him, but it's just something about Kemba Walker where the Knicks just play a lot better when he's in the lineup. I don't know why. But they play a lot better, and they beat a lot better teams this year. Well, I hear what you're saying, and thanks for the phone call. But the the reason why they haven't played is because they give up so many points defensively, and they really haven't been scoring on the other side to balance that out. Now, I will say this: uh, before Kemba got hurt again with COVID, and then with the with the um, knee. Gordon, he was doing a little better defensively. I thought he had a little spark with him defensively. He was at least being, you know, getting in people's way. He was a little better. Uh, Fournier has just been a lost cause all season. Oh, my gosh, that guy. Oof, it's been rough. Uh, well, look, with with, uh, with Kemba, it, it, it would be nice if you can get something of value out of him, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of production. But then, you, you know, you have the issue with the knee, right? I mean, yeah. that's going to have to be monitored the entire time as well. It's not something he's just going to get over. So, um you know, the Knicks are just – right now, even though they're at, like, 40 games, they feel like they're a um, a bag of tools that yeah. it's not re- – you're not really sure how to use this tool or how to do that. They don't really fit together all that well. So it's about uh, Tibbs figuring it out and, and putting something together where you can actually use some of them and, and, and get some results. Yeah, it, it is. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I got it was so funny because I thought about you this evening. At the end, when I saw Obi Toppin play nine minutes, oh my god! And, and I was just like, okay, I understand that he played forty three the other day. I get it, uh, but I still think you you need to let him play some more minutes. And I understand Randall was hot tonight, so you know, Gordon, I get it. You you he's hot. Let him, you go with the hot guy. I get it for tonight. But are we going to see maybe Thursday where you give him some more minutes if, if Randall is not playing as well so that he's able to finish strong? Because I think the one thing that you noticed about Randall tonight was, you know, he had a little energy, he had a little bounce to his step, Gordon. He, he, was, he, had, he had fresh legs. Even though he's just recovering from the protocol, he had fresh legs. So, you know, that should be a message. And, of course, Tibbs played him almost 40 minutes. But <laughs> that, that should be a message like let's give Toppin some more time so that Randall is fresh in the fourth quarter. And once again, and I heard Kay talking about it earlier. I'm one of those who, as, as you are, who wants to see Toppin play some more minutes. I'm not trying to say that he should play or replace Julius Randall now. What I'm saying is when he's playing well, use his minutes when he's playing so that when Randall comes back in, you got a fresh player down the stretch because that's what you need. Outside of the most uh, outlandish Nick fan, I don't think anybody has said that that Toppin should be replacing Julius Randle. But it shouldn't be the type of thing where this guy, this guy was the eighth pick in the draft last year. This is year two. He should be playing more than 13 minutes a night. And 
And I get it. it. It's kind of a weird mix because Randall's your star and they play the same position, but you got to figure it out, man. Like you got, it, it's not like you're walking in and you have all these incredible ingredients to build this like gourmet meal. You got some really weird ingredients, but you know what? Whip up something that's pretty edible. Make mm-hmm. it, make it work. And he is a piece that you can absolutely use. And unfortunately, it's um it's it's very frustrating even at a time where guys you know enter a lineup out of the lineup COVID stuff this thing that thing where you see this guy who who shows you flashes at times and he's playing thirteen minutes a night. Yeah, it, it's just and once again, um, nobody's saying that he is even at that level, but he should when he plays well, reward him for the playing time because he's earned it and he's he deserves it. And on the other side, I'm happy that. You know, McBride and Grimes seem to be getting more playing time, especially now. This is when you can look at them, see what they bring to the table. Uh, not a good night for Quickly, though, Gordon, tonight. No, he's very up and down. He is. He's a streaky guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, that, that's what's going to keep him from being a starter. You know what I mean? Because, you know, streaky guy like that, you need that guy off the bench. You push the One night he's going to be good. You can push the basketball. He can give you some things. He, it's going to be hard. And I know some fans who really like to see him in the starting rotation. I know, especially last season. But it's going to be really hard until he improves and becomes more consistent. It's going to be hard to put him as a starter because of that, you know, that streaky, that streakiness about his game. Yeah, there there are nights where he looks great, and you mm-hmm. know, the floaters jump dropping, and he's hitting some threes and making plays, but. Um... He has not found that level of consistency. And look, he's a second-year player. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, the fact that he was—he kind of burst on the scene last year—that maybe feels like he's been here longer than he has. But he is just a second-year player, so there's a there's a there's a growth that uh, that needs to take place. And if uh, this season goes the way it might very well, <laughs> there's going to be plenty of time for that growth. There's going to be plenty of time for growth. You are right about that. But I still think that they have the opportunity to turn things around with this roster. And at least be competitive, and 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 I think with a nice surge and getting everybody back and everybody finding a way. And one of the callers talked about chemistry before and trying to get that chemistry together, and and Thibodeau trying to put people in the right spots. I still think they could be an eighth seed, possibly. I still think they. I mean, as bad as they played, as bad as they played, what are they three and a half out, and they've been yeah. brutal. They've been yeah. awful. And they're three and a half out. So, you know, and, and they're right in the mix of a playoff spot. You know, get so to, get to five hundred here sometimes. You got soon. to. You yeah, have that's to. that's that's to me during the even stretch. if you're just floating around five hundred for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. get to five hundred and then when the trade deadline hits, figure out a way to be able to to pull something out and then hopefully by the time Derek Rose gets back, you might be able to make a little bit of a push. Yeah, but you're right. 500 is the benchmark. You got to do that. And with the the way the schedule is, this is the time to do it. With all due respect to the Celtics, they're still struggling a little bit. They're in, they've been inconsistent. And you've got some other teams. And listen, yeah, it would have been nice for you to beat Oklahoma City. But I mean, you know, Gordon, we were out of town uh, the week of New Year's. And so I'm looking, I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, oh, there's no way in heck they're winning this game. I mean, who's there? There's nobody yeah. there. Even against OKC, there was nobody. Who I'm like, who's scoring? <laughs> no Randall, no this one, no that one, no Kemba, no this, no that. They're not winning. And the same thing with Toronto. You know, and I, you know, they just, they they weren't competitive against those teams because, you know, no Julius Randall, no scoring. R.J. Barrett was trying to be the lone guy, but, you know, he's not at that stage right now where you take a team and put that team on your back. He did not have the same game that he had tonight. 
he started out well, but then he faded a little bit. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me from tonight. Obviously, Julius Randle, yes, it's one game. Hopefully, we can get him on track. But I think it was R.J. Barrett. The fact that he came out strong, what, 17 points in the first quarter, finished with 32, picked his spots, didn't didn't rely on the three-pointer that much, went to the basket, finished with either hand, hit you know went to the free throw line a little bit. That was the biggest takeaway for me is where has that been and can we get that more consistently? Not 32 points, but just the attitude of, okay, I got to be aggressive. I know what I have to do. Yeah, uh, and uh, he's had the ups and downs so far, and it's about him finding some level of consistency right now uh, because, you know, I don't know what kind of Randall we're going to get the rest of the way. Uh, I'm hoping it's more like tonight than, than other times, but, you know, at some point you're kind of hoping that the, the gap between, you know, if Randall's your number one superstar and, 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 and Barrett's number two, you're kind of hoping that that gap kind of narrows at some point and that Barrett mm-hmm. kind of goes up to that, so... Yeah, it would be nice if you could get back to the player where he was earlier this year where we're talking about this two-way superstar who's taking the next step in his development. And if we could just get him not to dribble the basketball in a crowd. Yeah, please. well. We're, please, we're, Julius, please. please. Yeah. Stop, not in the crowd. Because as soon as you put it out, I mean, it was swiped. It was, phew, it was going to phew. <laughs> It just like it that. feels it like gone. there's just so much isolation for him, and just true. The ball. Oh my gosh! And people just... stand and watch him. They don't move. Yeah, they stand and watch. And it's funny because they stand and watch where they're not sure. Are we getting? Is he going to pass? What is he? <laughs> is he? Is he? Is he going to shoot? Like what is he going to do? We don't really know. But you know, listen, we're not. He had a great game tonight, so we're very right. happy. But we're talking about generally what's been the issue this year has been the. And once again, you talk about chemistry. They're not really sure what he's going to do. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's just been the scenario where they just haven't been able to figure it out. And last year when they couldn't figure it out offensively, Gordon, they were able to figure it out defensively. And so you would get a steal or you would get an extra rebound or you would, you know, do something where you could get a pass and go on the, on the break and get an easy basket. And this year they're not even closing out well defensively. So they're, they're getting towards defensively in some games, and then they haven't been able to, to finish the offense as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Knicks, you turn on the Knicks, you don't know. <laughs> they are the box of chocolates, man. You don't know what you're going to get on a given night. You really don't. You really don't. This is ESPN New York Tonight.